was Matt Mosley's show, ESPN Central Texas, on a Thursday. Thank you, Central National Bank, for what you do. Thank you, Shorty's Pizza Shack, making those great pizzas. Pizza by the slice, like I like it. Made to order. Just grab the slice. Get on out of there with the pepperoni. And a man who's been known to, well, he's a pretty healthy eater. But uh, I'm sure he's had a slice of pepperoni at some point in his lifetime. Mike McGraw joining us, Baylor men's golf coach. And Mike, the uh, I, I think we just witnessed history. Uh, we have many times when Tiger Woods is involved. But I, I, watching him shoot that one under, given the circumstances, given what he's been through, um, it it was a uh, you know there used to be years where you're like are they focusing too much on Tiger and today was one of those days Mike and I was watching it streaming and all that kind of stuff um, I was like just stay on Tiger this is really what I want to see today is is how he does and I want to see every moment of this uh, how what was your takeaway from from watching that round where Tiger shoots one under seventy one at Augusta National. Well, a couple things, Matt. Thanks for having me on today. But uh, number two, nothing Tiger's ever done really has surprised me. I got to see him when he was 16 years of age, and I knew right then, pretty pretty outstanding, pretty unbelievable. But to shoot under par, it's not so much the score. Uh, and I think if he'd have ridden in a golf cart today, he might have shot two or three under. Uh, it's just the walking. You know, that golf course, if you've never walked that golf course, you have no idea how literally steep those hills are it's unbelievably undulated the change of elevation is unbelievable and the fact that he did it with no reps under his belt he hasn't played any competitive golf in 14 months it's quite extraordinary that he would shoot that score but still doesn't surprise me it's tiger woods yeah um it it those hills were and you could see him you know even um reading those putts that seems to be, Mike, uh, so important. You know, you, you got to get down there and read your putt. And Tiger, you can just tell he's he's not quite able to get down there and, and look those over like he has in the past. Now, this is the new normal for Tiger. As he said the other day, it's never going to be great because he's got all these screws and plates in his leg and all that kind of stuff. But to get to this point... I know what you're saying, you know, never be shocked by Tiger Woods, but it, I don't to me, Mike, it was just kind of an inspirational thing. Like like just to and and my gosh, he looks unbelievable out there. He's a 46-year-old guy and he's just ripped and I it just uh, I think the sight of seeing uh even if he's compromised, a guy making those kinds of golf swings just gave everybody all sorts of feelings. Um, was it inspirational to you to watch? Yeah, again, I said I wasn't surprised. I was inspired. But, you know, uh, Jack Nicholas won the Masters at 46. So who's to say Tiger couldn't do the same? And Ben Hogan won at uh, six out of the next nine majors he played in after he got hit by a bus. So as far as I'm concerned, I think Tiger – if he's healthy, if he can drag a leg out there, he's got a chance to win a golf tournament. We've never seen a greater player in history, and I'm a huge, huge Jack Nicholas fan. I'm the greatest Ben Hogan fan. And wrapped up together, the best of those two, honestly, is not better than Tiger was for 10 or 12 years there. But I will say this. 
he could he could win this week, and it wouldn't surprise me. It would be very inspiring. Tiger doesn't move the needle. He is the needle. You've heard that before, and the truth, that's the truth. So I hope he continues to play well. Golf would love it if he got another five, four or five good years out of this. Yeah, it's uh... – it's it's amazing uh, to watch. Talking to Mike McGraw, the Baylor men's coach, uh, a man who knows a lot about this course. I've gotten to go to some of those practice rounds, Mike. I've been, I guess, about three times. And it's one of those things that it, there's few things in life that live up to what you imagine, um, you, you know, as the as Augusta National. Like, you've had all kinds of players, former uh, uh, college players for you over the years that have played in this thing. What is your history with, with Augusta National? And uh, ha- have, you ever, uh, have you ever played around there? I've never played around there, and I doubt I ever will as little golf as I'm playing. But I, I did uh, get to go several times when I was at Oklahoma State and watch players that I was coaching at the time. I was an assistant coach when Hunter Mahan played in there in 2003, and he played the first two rounds with Jack Nicholas and K.J. Choi. That was kind of a, a, a real thrill for me to watch that because I was a big Jack Nicholas fan, obviously. But Hunter finished 28th that week. He led the, uh, led the tournament in, in total driving, and it was an absolute thrill to just get to walk the whole week and watch him hit every shot. Um, you know, he finished 28th. He played great. So, yeah, and then I've watched Peter Uline there and Ricky Fowler there and, and a few others. And Taylor Gooch, who played for me at Oklahoma State, uh, played in his first Masters round today and shot even par. Really happy about that. All right. What, you got to see Scotty Scheffler a lot, and I imagine you probably recruited Scotty Scheffler at some point. Yeah. I mean, this is a, this is a Dallas area guy. Uh, who's now number one in the world, and at least comes across as a very unassuming. He almost is extremely private. Doesn't you know? Doesn't get into any kind of personal stuff. Uh, what what uh, what was, was Scheffler one of those guys? Whether it be like Tiger or Spieth, that you saw at an extremely young age and knew this guy is going to be great, or was he more of a late bloomer? Well, when he was really young, 12 and 13, he was thin, small, short. He didn't have much, but he had a lot of competitiveness. His uh, swing instructor, Randy Smith from Royal Oaks in Dallas, I've known Randy a long time, and Randy just knew he was going to be a good player, and you got to trust what Randy says. He's coached a lot of really great players. But as he grew, as he grew uh, into that you know game that he had, and he got bigger and stronger, he – he, you knew you kind of understood this is going to be a great player. Plus, he's got this little low bleeder cut shot kind of knuckler off the tee that always finds the fairway. It doesn't go nearly as far, but it finds the fairway. And so under pressure, he can kind of deliver a, a good tee shot that you, when you really need it under pressure. And he did win the U.S. Junior at age 17. So it was not like a surprise. And he was an All-American at, at Texas. This isn't a complete surprise, trust me. A lot of people knew he was a great player. Yeah, talking to Mike McGraw, uh, talking about the Masters and looking at the field right now, uh, Tiger at one under is now only three shots off the lead after Cameron Smith from Australia. And, uh, uh, Mike, you've had some guys that like to grow out their hair. You had Ricky at Oklahoma State. This guy kind of has that long, wispy uh, hair. got the wispy mustache for sure. 
and he has got all sorts of game. But wasn't that interesting today to open with a double and to close with a double? In between, he was unbelievable. I mean, he he was birdieing everything. Um, is is this guy that's sort of on the verge of being one of the greats on, on the PGA Tour? He is, and you know, people have been noticing him for several years now. And again, you just there's so many great young players in the game. Fun to watch. A lot of lot more talented players than there used to be. I, I I'm an old traditionalist. And the guys from my school of thought don't like me saying those things. They want to say that things were better back then, but truly is not the case. The best players in the history of the game are playing today. Now, I think the top 10 in Jack Nicklaus's day are, are comparable to today's top 10. But when you get past that, and certainly when you get down to the last five to 10 players of the field in Jack Nicklaus's day, they just weren't that good. In Ben Hogan's day, they were club pros. So, uh, the field is so much deeper now that the 156th player could win a golf tournament any week. So, and Cameron's just another one of those great young players that developed his game. And, you know, he's got, he's playing with a lot of confidence, obviously right now, pardon the wind in the background. We're at the golf course today. So, but uh, definitely a great player. All right. You love, uh, as you said, Ben Hogan, Remind us, now Hogan was in a bad car accident, and as I recall, he was trying to maybe lean over and, and help protect his wife in that, uh, in that accident that he suffered. Um, how, how bad, uh, and, and it, much like Tiger, he could have died in that car wreck. Where, what part of his body were those injuries? And then, um, as I recall, he came back and won the U.S. Open, did he win other majors than that after the accident? I'm just trying to, to think back to my golf history, but you're even more, you're more of a historian. He did. It was February 2nd, 1949. He was returning from a runner-up finish, actually got beat in a playoff, and he was driving home to Fort Worth, Texas with his wife in West Texas, outside of Van Horn, Texas. And they were headed home to actually move into a new home they'd built. And um, he was trying to um, just navigate the fog and the icy roads. And, and there was a guardrail to the right, so you couldn't get off the road if you had to. And a, a bus was trying to pass an 18-wheeler uh, and, uh, sure enough, hit him head-on. He uh, had a huge, huge gash over his right eye, which probably affected his ability to read greens the rest of his life. Uh, putting was not so easy after that. Uh, he had a fractured pelvis. He had uh, crushed ribs and just a, a literally crushed left leg. They had to perform a vena cava, which is basically tying off the main artery to the heart. Uh, they flew, it, flew in one of the world's ex leading ex experts from New Orleans named Dr. Oshner, saved his life. And uh, anyway, long story short, he came out of the hospital with 98 pounds. And uh, 16 months later, he won at Marion in a, an 18-hole playoff over George Fazio and Lloyd Mangrum, and then he won five more of the next eight majors. So <laughs> he, he was absolutely dominant, the player of his generation, and, uh, and, and if he had had strong legs, he could have played another 10 or 15 years of great championship golf. Uh, he did contend two or three more times, after, well, actually about six or seven more times after that, uh, but never, never won a major again after 1953. 
Wow. Uh, you do know your Ben Hogan history, and I think Tiger is inspired and feels a connection to Ben Hogan even before that car accident. I think uh, I, I think there was a, a pretty huge connection. Um, and then one other uh, player I wanted to get your take on, Zalatoris, for, also from the Dallas area, like Spieth and Scheffler, is, uh, you know, he came onto the scene in one of these majors and dang near won it uh, here in the last year or so. I mean, I, I can't get over You were talking about somebody being skinny. I think you were talking about Scheffler earlier. Zalatoris is still extremely thin and and maybe hasn't filled out uh, as much as he will at some point. But, um, I mean, this guy is a, is a seems to be an incredible shot maker. What was your... Uh, what were your thoughts of Zalatoris as a junior player and then watching him? Did he go to Wake Forest? Is that right? That's correct. He was the same age as Scotty Shepard. So they both came out literally the same time. And he went to Wake Forest. And not that many, you know, he played in five U.S. juniors in a six year period. So that's kind of unusual. He won his very last U.S. junior he played in in 2014 and has basically been on an uptick ever since. It, when he becomes a great putter, he will be literally a top five player the rest of his career. He's just that great a ball striker. He's a great kid. You'd love him if you got to know him. And, yeah, I, I pull for him and Scotty all the time. They're both really, really outstanding guys and, and uber-talented. Uh, Scotty may be a little bit better putter than, than uh, Will, but Will certainly getting better, and, and, but they're both great ball strikers. All right, Mike McGraw, Baylor men's golf coach. Mike, you took a, a few players, about three players, I think it was, to that DBU Invitational Robson Ranch in uh, Denton, and the guys really performed well. In fact, I at first I was like, wait, where's Baylor on the team deal? And then I realized you didn't take the full team. But, um, I, you know, I don't exactly know how the guys were chosen or whatever, but uh, – it seemed like there were some some great scores put up. I mean, I was impressed with those kids from uh, Texas A&M Commerce. I'd love for you to say the winner's name, by the way. I noticed, I think his last name had at least like 27 letters in it. Do you know, the, you know how to say that kid's name? Yeah, his first name starts with a K. His last name starts with a P. I call him Kate P. That's good enough for me. But uh, I'll tell you how we chose the players. Those are the last three standing from qualifying. And so I chose to put them in that tournament to actually qualify for the fifth spot going to the Aggie Invitational this coming week. So we used it as a qualifier. It was a very, very effective way to do it. The guys were really, really serious, did a great job. And they were all three in real good contention in that last round. Uh, And then a couple of them fell back. And Drew Wrightson finished with two birdies in the last four holes to win the, the fifth spot. Yeah, Drew finished way up there, and uh, boy, you you did have some guys grinding it out there, and that was kind of exciting to see. Now this um, this tournament coming up at College Station is that I think that what's that course called, uh, Mike? Is it the Tradition or uh, yeah? It's it okay. Uh, what is uh, I, Aggies have obviously in recent years have been really you know had some strong teams. What is that field going to be like? And uh, in in how much of you know what kind of challenge will will this be for your team? Well, it's probably about the third best field we'll see the entire year. So it's a great field. Uh, you know, they always host a really good tournament. 
usually have Oklahoma State there. Most years, Oklahoma, uh, Kent State, Arkansas. Um, so you're going to have some strong teams, and A&M obviously is a great team. Played on a really good golf course. Weather's going to be really good on Saturday, the 36-hole day. But I think it's going to blow on Sunday about like it is today, and that's one of the reasons I wanted our guys out playing today was just to kind of feel this, learn to fly your golf ball again, and just kind of learn how to be friends with the wind, if you will. Yeah, I've never, I've never developed much of a friendship for the wind. Um, I, I certainly would welcome any any instruction on that front from you. Uh, is the uh, is there one particular player on your team? That um, uh, that that just seems to to be to really really flourish almost in the wind. I mean, I there's there's certain players well, even playing in the Masters that are that hit these kind of cut shots or low shots that uh, that that seem to really be effective in the wind. Which uh, which player for you is it, Johnny, or or uh, that seems to flourish the most in this in these like these especially these very gusty days. Yeah, I mean, I think Johnny does pretty much just about everything as well as anybody else on the team. You know, he is our best player. So he's good in the wind. He grew up in San Antonio where you get a lot of wind. Luke Morgan, who's a sophomore from Oklahoma, literally this time of year blows like this every day in Guthrie, Oklahoma. So, you know, I mean, it's not like you wake up and say, I hope it's blowing 30 today. You don't say that. But he's had so many days where it did blow 30 that I think he just kind of understands, okay, this is one of the days I've got to flight my golf ball, keep it low to the ground, and figure it out. Uh, but those two guys definitely. Uh, I think Zach Heffernan, who's also from Bernie, he's played in a lot of wind in his life as well. All right. Yeah, I, I may have I may have crossed paths with him out there at Tapatio Springs at some point. Owned by the great George Strait. Um, I guess he may still own that. I think he owned it at one point. But uh, yeah, that's uh, those are these are exciting times, and uh, I will. Uh, I appreciate you being on, and uh, I always love to call you during these majors, and we'll uh, we'll continue to watch this. And man, if Tiger's there on the weekend, I cannot even imagine the ratings. I would say, Mike, that. They, we've never seen better streaming numbers than we saw today. You know, just basically where you t- only way to watch around is to either have ESPN Plus or to have the Masters app. I bet those streaming numbers were unbelievable. Well, here at practice, I was uh, on the Masters app. I have to confess because <laughs> it is something something I'm very interested in too. And hey, if you ever have me back on again. Uh, I could talk for an hour on Ben Hogan. So I don't know if that's interesting to anybody because he's been gone a long, long time. But uh, And I can do the same with Jack Nicholas and maybe one day with Tiger as well. I love it. Um, how about how's next Thursday sound? Uh, <laughs> the, uh, Why not? The, uh, the, 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 I think the, the, the Hogan book I read most recently was the one Kurt Sampson did. And I know there's several of them out there, but uh, that that was uh, it, it is fascinating and what a character he was. And then even for my, you know, the part I really get fascinated was with like his relationship with Dan Jenkins and some of the old great sports writers, because that those are the people I identify with more than than great golfers were sports writers. So that that 
part of it was kind of fascinating. And no one worshipped Ben Hogan like Dan Jenkins did, and so that was uh, that was really interesting. All right, well, Mike, have a uh, have a great rest of practice, and uh, let's hope one of these guys someday is playing right there at Augusta National. That would be great. And thanks for having me on again, Matt. I always enjoy, enjoy coming on your show. You bet. There he goes, Mike McGraw, the uh, Baylor men's golf coach. I imagine they were coming to us live from out there at Ridgewood today, wind gusting upwards of about 25 miles per hour, but that just makes the preparation that much better. All right, it's time.